It's been practically years. It feels like a millennia, but Fernando Tatis Jr., blah, 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 we got the bobblehead. He is back for the San Diego Padres, and they win their first game with him 7-5, to five, despite him not actually doing all that much, but still, we're celebrating, we're happy, El Nino's back, and you know what you're listening to, so let's just get started. You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Lockdown Pirates Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, April 21st. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can find me on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, where I tweet about a bunch of stuff and no longer verified stuff, uh, unfortunately for my sake, uh, but it's whatever. Uh, you can check out at LO underscore Padres if you want live tweets of the games and memes and all that stuff for only Padres content. Be sure to follow me on both, though. I'd be greatly appreciate that. And of course, go check out the YouTube where you can see my small collection of little homies I guess I got here on the bottom with the bobblehead Tatis and Pac-Man from Michael Waka, who we're going to be talking about today. And of course, I must say thank you for uh, making Locked Up Hydra your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Also, download the GameTime app. Today's sponsor, create an account and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Go check out Game Time. And it is time, ladies and gentlemen. We've been waiting for a very long time. Look, it's for those who follow the Lockdown Padres Twitter account, I have had the name of it as Lockdown Depressed Padres for like 18 months practically. Ever since the Fernando Tatis Jr. news came out that he was hurt. I changed the name to Lockdown Depressed Padres. He was out for half the season. And then, and then, those who remember, I changed it back to Lockdown Padres after they signed Juan Soto, or I should say traded for Juan Soto, after that amazing historic deadline. Because a lot of people were like, how can you still be depressed? Bryce Patrick, Lockdown Rangers host, the diva that he is. Stop complaining, Avi, all this stuff. The crybaby that he can sometimes be. And then what happens? Then he gets announced for the suspension the next day. But now we are back to regular lockdown Padres. No longer depressed because last night, for the first time in quite a long time, Fernando Tatis Jr. played some baseball game. And it was thrilling. Let me tell you, it was thrilling. He goes 0 for 5 in this game with two strikeouts. So <laughs> he doesn't actually do anything in this game. But him just being back, it's possible that apparently he just woke up the Padres lineup because they win this game 7-5. to And it wasn't because of him. But... Just having him there, having a peak, finally. This is what we were we were teased with this last year at the deadline. Except this to a greater degree. Having Tatis leading off, then Soto, then Machado, and then Xander Bogarts is the stuff of dreams. This is like, no matter, and Padres fans, and including myself, I've been admittedly egging on some of the Padres fans uh, with tweets being like, are we concerned about Machado? Is the Padres' offense dead? Uh, admittedly, I've been egging it on a little bit, but in all intents and purposes, this is still like an incredible time to be a Padres fan, even if they've started out, you know, 10 and 11 record, they're not hitting with runners in scoring position all that much, you know, Manny's been having a slow start. Uh, it's just so incredible that this is the team that they have that they have these four superstars at the top of their lineup. 
Uh, and I still remember when, you know, not so long ago, Seth Smith was the best offensive player on the Padres. You know what I mean? Or Chase Headley. Like, now we're looking at generational talents, and it's awesome. And you could feel the excitement watching Tatis take that first at-bat. And it was legendary. It was epic. And unfortunately, he doesn't do much with it. Uh, again, in this game, he goes 0 for 5 with two strikeouts. Um, and the first, the beginning of the game was a, a pretty, you know, inauspicious start for the Padres. Uh, not great. Three strikeouts from three superstars with Tatis, Soto, and Manny all going down on strikes. That wasn't great. That wasn't great whatsoever. Um, I will say, with Fernando Tatis, while he did go 0 for 5 in this game, he does make a nice defensive play in the eighth inning. Uh, you know, getting a really great start, getting a really great jump, showing off that speed, showing off that athleticism, and after he makes the catch, kind of throwing himself intentionally against the wall out there in the Arizona Diamondbacks facilities outfield. I'm saying outfield facilities because I forgot what the heck their ballpark is called, but throwing himself into that, even seeing him do that and kind of like, it's just a Tatis thing. I don't know how to explain this with the right words, but seeing him make this nice little catch that is not going to be on any web gems or sports center top plays because it wasn't a diving catch, but you showing off that speed and just kind of like throwing himself against the wall there. I don't know. There's just something about it. That's so Tatis. Tell me in the comments if you felt the same, it's just that little thing. And yes, I am overlooking. I am absolutely extrapolating a very small, tiny detail just because it's Tatis. But nonetheless, I don't care. I'm so happy that he's back. Um, he does, though, in this game, I will say, he does hit a hot shot at one point, a ground out in his second at bat that went 110.3 miles per hour, I believe. I'm going to check that again. But uh, just to show you that, look, man, that means a lot when you're hitting the ball as hard as that. And I still am of the belief, and I know that some Padres fans may not love it, but, you know, over the offseason, people pointed out, look, he could still be a little bit lesser. It's totally possible that he comes in following the shoulder surgery and is a little bit less. This is that maybe not a 150 WRC plus guy, but maybe more like a 135 guy. And that's still great. And that will be great for this Padres lineup, right? This is, that's not an indictment of him going forward years ahead, but uh, nonetheless, it's still really, really, really exciting uh, to have him back um, regardless of what happens. Um, it's just so cool to see him playing baseball again. And yes, to confirm, 110.2 miles per hour, that ground out. Had an expected batting average of 450. It was the second hardest hit ball of the night. And all of the one, two, three, four, five, six hardest hit balls of the night go to Padres, which is awesome. Absolutely love to see that. Um, even if... Uh, you know, the Padres overall still have some concerns with their team, especially when it comes to Mr. Michael Waka, who unfortunately in this game, uh, you know, I got Pac-Man here, but he was pretty bad. Um, as I get a <laughs> an unnecessary rude alert from Yahoo Sports, Tatis Jr. has awful game in return. Did you need to put awful? <laughs> come on, come on, Yahoo Sports. Couldn't you just say... Tatis goes hitless in first game. I'm looking at it right now. Does anyone see my my phone? Maybe there it's like the second one or whatever. I don't know. If you're watching the video on YouTube, you can maybe see it. That was just rude. So <laughs> come on, Yahoo Sports. That was mean. Um, but this game wasn't about Tatis necessarily in terms of the actual result. It was about him, but he wasn't the reason why the Padres end up winning 7-5. to five. But as I was saying before I was distracted, Michael Waka was not good in this game. Four innings. Five earned runs on 10 hits, walked one, struck out three. Uh, I said it at the beginning of the year. I said it in the offense, in the offseason, like the Michael Walker pickup. Weird contract, I will say, the little double option. If you get, Very weird contract, but I liked it because I thought, look, the Padres don't necessarily have 
a fourth and fifth starter that we know has a lot of experience being a starter. Seth Luga has looked pretty okay in his appearances, but in fairness, he's coming out of the bullpen. That's not a shot at him. It's just he's a bullpen guy. He's a reliever, and you don't know how that's going to go. Although I have some optimism that he's going to transition at least decently enough. They bring in Waka as a guy who's been proven to at least give you innings and perform at a major league level. But because of his just historic career, the fact that he's always been just kind of underperforming despite being with the Cardinals and just never really putting it together. Last year finally does well, but his expected stats, his ground ball stats, all of that stuff pointed to some sort of regression. And this year... He started off on fire, right, uh, freaking everybody out. In the first game, he gives up four runs, but it actually wasn't totally his fault. It doesn't say uh, that they – it says they're all earned um, for Michael Waka, but I remember that game on April 2nd, some errors from the Padres infield. I believe that was the game in which there was a weird double play that didn't get turned. Uh, Juan Soto might have dropped the ball in the outfield, so maybe not entirely all earned runs. Then he gets 10 strikeouts against the Braves, and everyone freaks out. So, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Tying his career high, and then he gets lit up against Milwaukee, and then he also gets hit pretty bad by this admittedly very good Diamondbacks team. Padres fans might not be, or I should say regular baseball fans might not be aware, but the Diamondbacks currently lead the National League West, which to me isn't all that surprising. I think that they're a very talented team, and they've got speed galore. And they just demoted, long-time listeners of the show might know, my arch-nemesis, Madison Bumgarner who I'm not going to get into why, because we'll save that for Monday's podcast. Uh, why, when I do a crossover with Miller Thomas of Lockdown Dimebacks, as to why, uh, just to remind people why he's been my arch nemesis for so long. But that is an addition by subtraction for them. So this is still a very quality Dimebacks team, uh, I think, in a lot of different ways. So it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of this series goes and for the rest of this, um, the season matchup between the Padres and the Diamondbacks. But before we continue, before we get... Uh, deeper into the rabbit hole of this game because there's still a lot to talk about. I didn't talk about the actual stuff that gave the Padres the W, only the Tatis and Michael Waka stuff. Before we get into that, though, let me talk to you about a very special app. And look, you probably, if you were in the Arizona area, you probably want to get tickets to this game. You probably want to get tickets to this series. Well, you know what can help you out? A little app called Game Time. Oh, yeah, it's a really great app. Download it today, guys. It is fantastic. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. It just simply should not. And Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, the music, the comedy, the theater, whatever, the theater, whatever you want near you. Absolutely check that out, guys. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best prices guaranteed, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you will have there's flash deals and last minute tickets there's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area and images of seat views which i like this is a tiny little thing that the folks at game time are helping you out you don't want that top down looking like a map from the 1890s type of thing you want to see what it looks like it's the 21st century they give you the seat view don't worry about it lowest prices guaranteed event cancellation protection job loss protection and more the best ladies and gentlemen i don't know what else to i don't know what else to tell you um and you can buy the tickets really fast so if you just were living under a rock and you only found out that tatis was back yesterday well don't worry they got you covered so go check that out guys download the game time app create an account and use code locked on mlb for 20 dollars off your first purchase that's right just for listening to the podcast giving you that little bonus terms apply but again 
create an account and redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Gotta love the folks at game time. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, here on this Locked On Padres podcast, talking about last night's pretty, I don't want to say historic game, but just kind of, you know, um, important. There's a better word than important to use here. I don't have a thesaurus in front of me, but it was great. And again, while Tatis didn't do too much, aside from a hot shot ground out and a nice play in the outfield that I 100% might be overrating just because everything he does is exciting and because it's Tatis, um, I'm very excited as someone who listens to the show, who unfortunately I do not know how to pronounce my man's name fully, so I don't want to make a fool of myself, but he was mentioning to me in a, a DM being like, I can't wait. Uh, for Padres fans might be familiar, the Don Orsillo call, the caught by Fernando, when and people have edited that over like routine plays, and it's really funny every time. Usually, if you look it up on YouTube or something, Tatis play or every play he makes, they freak out. I don't know what it'll be called, but it's like a routine catch that gets when he was playing shortstop, and it was a great catch that was made. I think it was the one when he seemingly double jumped in the air back in 2021. Uh, when he was playing shortstop, but they replaced the audio and it's hilarious. And we're probably going to get a lot of those, my friend here uh, pointed out, uh, when it comes to his routine catches in the outfield, even if that one wasn't routine. So looking forward to that and looking forward to the fools who uh, don't like having fun and overreact and take it too seriously. But that's going to be a lot of fun. In terms of the rest of this game, though, enough about Tatis for just a second, because in fairness, he was not the guy. Maybe he inspired, maybe he was like Steve Rogers and his very presence was just amping up the rest of the team. I don't know. Maybe he was the captain here. But in terms of this game, Juan Soto, again, struggling a little bit. He scores a run in this game because of a walk that he drew, but still a strikeout and still batting below 200 at 183. Soto, I think that overall his offense, I'm not all that worried about, but there has been some concerns, as we talked about on yesterday's episode. Some some of the lower... The card, the hard hit rate is down a little bit, and he's hitting a lot more infield fly balls. And the platoon, you know, lefty stuff hasn't been as, as great. But I still think he's going to figure out he's way too talented. Uh, May Machado in this game, 0-4 with two strikeouts. Not great. His average is sitting at 229. Very slow start for him that I think we're going to talk about uh, a little bit more next week and dive deeper into Machado's start, especially if he doesn't pick it up over the weekend. Um, but this game belongs to, yet again, and I haven't talked enough about him, to be quite honest with you. I think it's because there was so much that I talked about him over the offseason because of the signing and just seeing so many videos on the channel and episodes in the podcast feed that I almost thought that people might be getting sick of me just talking about Xander Bogarts nonstop. But he's been the Padres MVP thus far. He's got five home runs on this season. He's slashing 342 with a 414 on base, 539 slugging. And I know, if you pull up Baseball Savant, his hard hit rate is only in the ninth percentile. That doesn't freak me out, though. I know that's going to go up. He's not ninth percentile when it comes to hard hit stuff. But his max exit velocity, he has hit some home runs, and he chooses his pitches well. He's swinging at the right pitches. He's That's kind of what he does. So I'm not worried about, oh, he's not going to be a 30 home run guy. Of course he's not. Well, not of course he's not, but I'm not expecting that from him. But the high batting average, getting on base, good speed, I am expecting that from him. And while he hasn't had, in my opinion, enough opportunities to show off the defense, to me personally, um, I'm still excited to see how he goes there and how he performs there. I think that he's been, 
you know, not great, but hopefully the defense that he showed with the Red Sox last year continues. But nonetheless, he's been the MVP of the team so far and probably just overall one of the MVP leaders in the National League. I haven't checked that F4 stuff so far because it's too early for wins above replacement, to be honest with you. But love to see that two for four with two RBIs and a home run. It's just guys putting the ball in play. Love to see it. Um, even if it's probably going to go down just a little bit from that 350 average he's rocking right now. Um, otherwise, aside from that, Cronenworth gets a walk in this game as well as a hit. And Matt Carpenter hits a solo shot in this game, uh, which was phenomenal um, for sure. Carpenter, I talked about in another episode. I'm worried that he's just been an off-speed guy and that his swing just hasn't been catching up to the high heat and especially down and inside sort of a... Uh, breaking balls uh, type of pitches and whatnot has been getting him a little bit, but it's nice to see him hit that home run. And again, the walk rate is still good on him. So for a guy who's just supposed to be a tertiary piece, I think Carpenter is, I don't want to say I'm concerned. I'm not thrilled either uh, because of some of the things I just mentioned, but still uh, he's definitely a guy that has potential to be a a big producer in this lineup. Um, Nelson Cruz even appears in this game and gets a, uh, gets on base at one point, which is really nice. It scores a run. Um, Hassan Kim goes over four with two strikeouts. I'm not overly concerned about him, really, personally, Kim. But I will say that I have not seen anything to suggest that his offense is going to be better than last year. Um, I have not seen him swing at the right pitches. He's been striking out a lot, and I was hoping that he's been he would pull more balls to the left side to the left field and make them more fly balls because he does tend to have more of his power towards the pull side, uh, but he has not put enough of them into the air. This is not a Jose Bautista-type transformation happening for him. But I still think he can be an average 103-104 WRC-plus guy with great defense, and that's fine uh, on this team. But so far, have not seen that he's going to improve. Uh, I was excited at the beginning of the year, but so far it doesn't look like there's been too much of a change overall. Uh, in his approach. He's still getting hit by some high heat stuff as well. But the real other thing that we got to talk about is Trent Grisham, who goes, who's kind of the big RBI producer in this game. Not only does he draw a walk, which he sometimes struggles with a little bit, but he cranks four RBIs with two doubles in this game, really hitting that crap out of the ball. Um, I mentioned that Tatis had the second hardest hit of the night. Uh, Grisham had the hardest hit of the night, 112.3 miles per hour off the bat, resulting in a double. Uh, That was the one that went really far behind the center field, Alec Thomas. That was great. Um, Love to see. And he also had the third hardest hit ball of the night. So Grisham, he is not swinging um, at the first pitch as much this season, but he is swinging at more stuff outside the zone. He's being more aggressive. Um, He's not just waiting only. He has a decent eye at the plate. He has a decent eye. He's not swinging at absolute nonsense. He's not Javier Baez out here. I hate that, everybody. Every time someone talks about bad swings, Javier Baez is the first player people bring up. It's just too easy. The guy makes it too easy. But um, just looks a lot more aggressive on at the plate, and he's barreling the crap out of the ball. I mean, seriously, just a lot more than before. And last year, I swear, for the first, like, three weeks of the season, slow dribbler to first base, slow dribbler to second base, just... The amount of times I saw him just jogging to first because it was such a, a, a poorly hit ball, uh, that's changed. And I really, really am excited about this guy because if he's just a little bit above average with that defense and he makes a diving catch in this game as well, he's kind of the MVP of the game, uh, Trent Grisham. And I love to see that. At first, I thought he messed up his hand. He pulled up and looked at it all funny. Um, but making some great defensive plays, including a diving catch, love to see that. 
Trent Grisham, solid player, and some people might say I was hating on him. Absolutely true. I was worried that the offense wasn't going to get better. I didn't necessarily believe in all the hard hit stuff in the second half that he had last year, but uh, I think I was wrong. I really think he's improved. I think he looks much better and crisper at the plate. Still has some strikeout problems. Still doesn't walk as much as I would like, but not terrible. Um, but he just looks great, especially for a guy who's sometimes a nine-hitter on this Padres team. So love that from him. Love that from the guy. And I was only pro-trading him if it meant that they might get Pablo Lopez. That's what I was uh, necessarily potentially in favor of. I was potentially in favor of that, but it turns out he's just got center field on lock and he's too valuable as an asset there. So still love to see it from the guy. Uh, really good stuff from our boy Grisham. And yeah, there's not much more to say about that. But I do have a lot to say about our next sponsor, ladies and gentlemen, before we kind of close out this very fun episode celebrating the return of Mr. Fernando Tatis Jr. We must discuss something else. It's called Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. I've talked about it on the show before. And I'm a big video game head, so I feel like I can attest to video game stuff more than most folks. And Ultimate Pro Baseball GM, let me tell you, everyone wants to talk about MLB The Show. You got your hipster friends who were like, nah, man, it's all about backyard baseball back in the day, or the bigs, or whatever. I did not play the bigs, so I can't attest to that part of the statement. But the other two, look, man... If you just want something that's on the go, if you want something that you don't have to be online for and have to worry about software updates, just a smaller game that you could take on the go and be happy about it and pretend that you are AJ Preller, Ultimate Pro Baseball GM is where to go, ladies and gentlemen. You hire the right coaches and staff or the wrong ones and then you get fired. Uh, You have to manage the team finances. You have to sign the right free agents. You have to scout players. You have to draft players, making the draft Dare I say more excited than the actual MLB draft? Let's just be honest, guys. Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> not always the most exciting for people because you're not going to see those players in so long. But a game is different. Uh, you have to manage difficult personalities and manage injuries that multiple players are going to suffer. And, of course, you know if you really want to be Preller, it's all about making the splashes. And you got to sign free agents and all that stuff and just manage the overall kind of ups and downs of a season. It's a lot of fun. I'm a big fan of sim type of games, especially when you're just looking for something to kind of pass by the time. Maybe you want to listen to a podcast in the background. That's kind of what I'm feeling with Ultimate Pro Baseball GM, guys. And Lockdown Padres, listeners, guess what? Because you're listening to this show, you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when using the promo code, you guessed it, Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. Again, to download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com scan the code to look it up on the app stores and google play stores that's probaseballgm.com ultimate baseball gm start your dynasty today and we're back everybody here on the lockdown Padres podcast winding things down uh, as we kind of uh just really excited about tatis being back man it's great it's so great um again that was a rude headline from the homies over at Yahoo Sports. Really didn't appreciate the word awful being used in your headline there. I've got some beef, but uh, nonetheless, it was still really great. The last thing I kind of want to talk about is uh, Padres bullpen. Um, yesterday it was announced that uh, in in the transaction, or I should say the, yeah, basically the transaction of activating Fernando Tatis Jr. off of the IL, that Robert Suarez was moved to the 60-day IL, and I have not seen an update just yet. Maybe I haven't been paying attention, but um, that's unfortunate 
because Robert Suarez, I thought, was a really... I know everyone freaked out when they first extended him. I thought it was them getting ahead of the curve on the Josh Hader thing and saying, we think Robert Suarez is awesome, he's our closer of the future, and we think Hader is going to make like 120 plus million, right? Like, he's going to reset the market for what Diaz got. I think that's potentially what they're looking at, so they said, that's okay. And... You know, instead he's been hurt. And we haven't had a lot of details on this. And I'm going to kind of look up right now just in case there's something that I missed. But he, unfortunately, is still hurt. And it stinks. And they moved him to 60-day IL. But I will say, despite that bad news, what might have served as a bad omen, dare I say, for uh, the game last night, uh, that doesn't happen. Um, The Padres' bullpen was electric. Um, Despite Michael Waka getting absolutely torched for 10 hits and 5 runs, to like like really bad stuff. He threw some wild pitches as well. Uh, granted, a little bit on Austin Nola behind the plate. Uh, he was really bad and just not just not doing the work. Uh, Brent Honeywell, guy that I've been talking about a lot, who I'm just so happy is doing well considering kind of the the adversity of a, a major league player being drafted so high and just kind of being destroyed by injuries. He really seems like he's carving out himself. He's carving out a role for himself. Two innings in this one, only gives up two hits, no earned runs, gets a strikeout across 40 pitches. Uh, really cool. He did have an errant throw uh, to first base that was bad, uh, that got away from him, but it's okay. It happens every now and then, you know what I mean? Uh, especially in an away game and an away crowd. Uh, but I liked his stuff. I just think that his stuff has more upside than some other guys in the bullpen. Nabil Krizmat being one of them, and maybe even Tim Hill. But Tim Hill in this game, one inning, no hits, one strikeout. I still like Tim Hill. I think that last year he was hurt. I don't know if that was confirmed or not, but I think last year he was hurt. He was not getting any strikeouts last year. And, well, I think he's a little bit more of a specialty-type reliever who, in the right matchups, you're going to really love this guy. And in the wrong ones, he's going to throw stuff too high, maybe even hit a batter potentially. Not Austin Adams from 2021 level of hitting batters, but still, like he does scare you with that a little bit sometimes, the way he pitches. But, um... Stun, still, um, he can be effective in the right situation. But Steven Wilson, one inning, two strikeouts on just 11 pitches. He's got a, a sub-1 ERA, and I'm buying it. I'm buying the strikeout stuff. He showed this last year. He showed this with some off-speed stuff. He targets the plate really well. He just kind of faltered a bit. You know what I mean? But last year, he did show some really awesome flashes. So if a Honeywell and a Tim Hill and a Steven Wilson are going to step up, and I think Luis Garcia is a very quality kind of just really just steady reliever. And I think he's going to be a lot better. I know his ERA is a little bit up there because he got lit up to start the season. Uh, those four guys I think are going to be really awesome. I'm worried about Nabil Krizmat, but and I'm worried that Robert Suarez is going to be have a little bit of a lost season here. You also have look to look forward to potentially the return of Drew Pomeranz, who started an assignment the other day. Going to follow that closely, and again, I do believe whatever they get out of him might just be gravy at this point uh, because of all the health concerns. But when Drew Pomeranz is back, Padres bullpen, man, it's going to make up for the potential deficiencies in this starting pitching lineup, I think. It was really good last year, and I think it could be really good this year, especially with a full year of Josh Hader, who, of course, 10 pitches, no hits, no walks, gets a strikeout. His whole thing, and this is a good thing, he beats himself. Sometimes when players are able to hold off on the fastball, I remember in the Mets game from last week, he threw nothing but balls to, I believe it was Francisco Alvarez. Um, Nothing but balls. If he had just not swung, he would have gotten a walk. 
Uh, but when players are swinging, they're not making contact. And when they are, it's little dribblers. It's barely a single. He looks back. I like to, as many other content creators I imagine do, I'm not above maybe hiding some of my bad takes every now and then. Like, I try to skirt away from it. I was dead wrong, it looks like, on Josh Hader. I had my reasons. I thought the Brewers are just masters of winning trades. I think they're pretty smart at that. They trade him. He looked a mess. Just feels like peak Padres, just trading at the time, buying high on a guy who's finished last year with like an ERA above five, which is wild. But um, I was wrong on that. He seems basically totally back, um, as long as he doesn't walk and get things a little bit out of control. But hey, what closer isn't like that? So love to see that, and love to see for a Padres team that finally had some offense come through, for the bullpen to make up for the fact that Michael Waka apparently saw everything and was like, no! <laughs> he said, no, you guys are not, the, the five runs is not enough for you guys tonight, so you need more. Uh, I'm kidding, of course. Uh, Waka, I still think, can be um, effective at times for this Padres rotation, but that was basically it of last night's game. A lot of stuff happened, but it was a blast, and look, it's... I think I should leave with this. I still have a lot of concerns about how... Not a lot of concerns, I'm sorry. There has still been a lot of poor baseball from the Padres this year. Defense scares me a little bit. And, you know, the offense has been bad, especially with runners in scoring position. But I kind of have a mental exercise for you. If the Padres... Let's say tomorrow. Let's say tomorrow. Or any individual game, but let's say tomorrow. If tomorrow Juan Soto goes uh, one for four with uh, a home run... And a walk. Manny Machado, he goes three for four with a single and a double, right? And then another single or whatever. Padres score like eight runs. Grisham does okay, whatever. If the Padres offense does well, how quickly are you immediately going to be back in on this team? It's because of the expectations. Admittedly, it's the expectations, but immediately, that's how quickly you're going to be back in. The Padres offense just needs to show everyone a little bit. And then everyone's going to be right back in, and we're going to be really excited about this lineup. And they should be, because you got four like MVPs at the top of it, potentially. Um, so that that would be my thing. So if they have a bad night tomorrow slash today, whenever you're listening to this, just keep in mind, because last year, when the Padres didn't score a run, I was just like, yeah, that's going to happen. This offense isn't that great. And even if they had a great game, I was like, all right, that was a great game, but... I don't think Luke Voigt and Manny Machado alone uh, and Jacob Cronenworth are going to take you to the promised land. But now, when the Padres offense goes off, which I think it will eventually, at least I hope it will, you're not going to be surprised. And you're going to be like, all right, we're back. That's how quick and I think how ready fans are for this team to explode, even if they have had, admittedly, a less than stellar start. Especially compared to other teams in the league, like say your Texas Rangers, like say your Tampa Bay Rays, who have you know some really qual- quality star players on the team, but those teams have been a lot better. You know your Baltimore Orioles, even because everyone's excited about you know Adley Rutschman and Ryan Mountcastle, my boy, uh, doing well. I think the Padres have just stumbled a little bit out of the gate, and I think they're going to be okay. So that's what I recommend. Just uh, visualize it in your head. You know you're going to be back in if they have another game. Uh, tonight with a lot of scoring offense so that's all I have to really say guys really great to have Tatis back um, go check out this bobblehead uh, really cool guys over there I'm going to try and put the link in the description haven't done that in a little bit but uh, otherwise guys that's about it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves 
Remember to check out the podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres. Monday's episode, going to be recapping the series with Miller Thomas of Locked On D-backs. That'll be a lot of fun. Hopefully Tatis has done something immaculate by then. That should be a lot of fun. Or maybe some player talks trash about him again, and we'll talk about that. And we'll definitely talk trash about Madison Bumgarner. Millard was very excited when that news got announced. Uh, and then Tuesday, kind of talk about Manny Machado's struggles, if they still continue, and my thoughts on them. But other than that, guys, good times are ahead. Let them keep rolling, ladies and gentlemen. And until next time, stay safe, and of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.